0: And we're going to talk theatre. We've had uh, Emma in earlier talking comedy. Now it's time to talk about the epic Te Arawa Legend of Hatu Patu and the bird woman Kurungai Tuku, one of the productions that is going to be centre stage at the Aotearoa New Zealand Festival of the Arts. A gravity-defying epic, it uses Kapahaka aerial choreography and dance to bring the tale to life. It opens on the 20th of February in Wellington at the Tafiti Warehouse, which is in Newtown. The show is the work of award-winning artistic director and aerialist Tane Mahuta Gray, who is with us now in the studio. Ata marie, good morning.
1: Ata I'm here ki a katoa o RNZ, na
0: Kia ora. Tell us about this. How did you come to want to stage this particular show? Um. I
1: was very lucky when I uh, turned 20 and finished up at my training at the New Zealand School of Dance. Um, I, I started doing uh, Mo and Mo which is a Māori fighting martial art form. We've been training Wananga sessions on Makoya Island in Rotorua under the mantle of Koroma Mohi. Mm-hmm. and and um, had had a wonderful training sessions in the summer holidays and school holidays. Um, built my skills up there. But spending time on Makoya Island, which is a little island inside Lake Rotorua, um, that was an area where. Hatsupatu himself resided and also known for the famous um, story of Tutanekai who resided there and Henimore who crossed across the Macquarie Island and just kind of walking those lands, training on those lands really kind of imbued the mana of those ancestors of Hatupatu and uh, for me that's probably where the dreaming of a potential of t- telling that story came back when I was 20 it was probably about 10 years ago that work started, uh, the dream work of conceiving a show that um, could tell this in a three dimensional way um, able to honour the, the mana of um, Hatupatu and Kuru Naituku um, and uh, the interesting thing with Kuru Naituku, the bird woman is another name for her is Hena Ingo, Ingo. so she is actually a direct descendant of people who are current with us in, in Te Arawa as well mm. so for us it was a way of how do we uplift her story because it had been um, very um, it was more focused on I would say a patriarchal view with Hatsupatsu being the person who defeated uh, Kuru but um, the big question for us was the four months that they spent in their cave, what happened in those four months? And we uh, play with the idea that they had a forbidden love, a love uh, together that actually grew Hatupatu to become the chief in waiting and then the chief that he became later in life. Um, and Fiti Hiriaka's book Naituku, which won the Newton Ockham Worlds a couple of years ago, mm. her, her big co-pub, and that started for 10 years ago as well, but the same time as my dreaming started about this show, um, was to bring the man of Kura up up and, and that's our aspiration too, to really bring equality in terms of um, both their stories Mm. and the impact that they had on each other, Um, but uh, build it in a way that the audience is able to be immersed in the story and I was really lucky. I spent five years with uh, Argentinian aerial theatre company De La Guara um, in London, uh, Las Vegas, and touring Europe and um, Southeast Asia, Asia and, um, and uh, South America. And that was an aerial immersive show where the audience stood, we flew over the audiences, and in um, that show the audience got wet and <laughs> became a dance party. It was an incredible show, one of the best, best shows ever created in mm. the world. So I was very lucky to spend five years with them. And for me, bringing those um, aerial skills back to New Zealand uh, was an opportunity to three-dimensionalise our wonderful Māori narratives, mm. our pūrakau. And, um, yeah, and so Hatupatu is my third um, offering on that that front uh, in an space so mm. I did Māori, One Man Against the Gods, in 2005, five, six, and seven, and Tikitane Mahuta with Tikitani's music in 2015 and then 2017 for a national mm. tour. So, yeah, it takes about 10 years to build a show of this scale and size just to raise the funds, bring the teams together, and get all the component parts to try and get a show um, up. And we've only had about 11 to 12 large-scale Maori contemporary works created in the last 50 years. And that's comparative to, say, about a 1,000 musicals, mm. operas and ballets. So there's, uh, they're very rare when they um, are able to conceive everything together, all the elements from the producing side to the production side, uh, to bring these to life. So I feel very humbled um, to be able to be uh, bringing this, this, this story to life.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a really extraordinary... Production. I was lucky enough um, to sit in on one of the rehearsals, and I have to say, I've I, I've never seen anything quite like it before. It is completely immersive. Um, the audience are going to be standing largely, uh, and the idea of 3D theatre or a 3D show, is not something that you come across very often. Not that often. It makes a lot of sense in the context, yeah. of course, the birds. But for you, that was that integral?
1: That was. I think for me, De La Guada, um, closest it got to New Zealand Shores, was in Australia and Sydney, and that was mm. my first tour, last tour with them. And I've always the desired for that company to come to New Zealand. And, um, the, and so I thought, well, another way of doing it is seeing if I can... As an homage to Delaguada, uh, credit a show that um, uh, worked in that space and that immersive space, and um, and allowed New Zealand audiences to experience what were the rest of the world has had a chance to experience. Mm. So, um, and that, yeah, my hope is that the audience really feel like they're a part of the environment in the space, and, um, and 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 for us it's for me it makes the uh, the emotional thread and connection to the characters even stronger when you're right up close and personal with them uh, we do have seats for those who can't stand for 70 to 75 minutes yeah but um and options there but um that that standing up immersive element means you're active in the show you can turn you can move rather than just being in a seat and watching an, at a proscenium arch theater straight in front of you mm. um, here it's um the, the work happens all around your head so the, the beauty of this show is you probably need to sit. Twice, even three times to kind of see everything because we also have the climbers who do counterbalancing with our aerialists. So, that in its essence is a a show in itself, seeing their work as they're climbing up the trusses and that, and we don't hide that. That's completely in the space as well. So, Mm. You kind of seeing this organism, or this organic unfolding of a show, and the mechanics kind of around it as well. Mm. Um, the but we have an amazing design team who have helped build this immersive. Uh, really want to create this bubble so mm. that the audience feel like they're immersed in this bubble, and and we get to uh, transcend to Tierra um, uh, Tiarawa back in the uh, 1350s and um, and uphold the uh, the manner of that Puraka, that story of Tiarawa mm. um to and also to um, allow the audience to fill that space, but bringing a contemporary edge to it because we're in a theatre as well, which is really exciting to have that blend working together. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the performers that um, that are actually bringing this show to life, how, I mean, how would you describe it? Is it... Is it dance? Is it is it kapahaka? Is it theatre? Is it, what is it?
1: I think it's a combination. It's yeah. definitely multidisciplinary. Yeah. So we have uh, to find the performers. Um, some are dancers. Uh, some um, uh, uh, come in with acting as their main skill. But in most cases, most have to bring a new skill, and that's usually been the aerial element. So we had to train uh, the performers as well to be confident mm. in the harness work and um, on top of being able to deliver their skills that they do, but doing it whilst in the air. So it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> getting Kiwis to fly. That's been <laughs> our (laughs)
0: Yeah, you do get Kiwis to fly, absolutely. And the the sort of work that um, the aerialists, I suppose, in particular are doing, are most of those... Performers, dancers originally?
1: Um, I'd say the majority are, Um, but some have come from kapaka being their main thread, but they've come through and and then have broadened their skills into um, uh, contemporary dance and and movement forms. Mm. And others, um, uh, we've got someone who's hip-hop and and Toi Whakari grad um, was there as well as his form, and he's done a couple of shows with me now too and built his contemporary skills and all those, and now his aerial skills too. So it's really nice to see people our artists um, be challenged, and mm. but we all have to really bond together because no one's coming off lightly on this one. We all have to jump into uncommon territory, and, and doing that together is the only way to do that. And um, yes, yeah, so it's really exciting seeing the growth in the artists, the performers, mm. and the crew that we've got the climbers. They just are so, the care and the health and safety that they have for our performers is just so amazing. So we're very lucky.
0: Yeah, the trust that you have to have mm. I mean, the trust that you have to have when you're performing with anyone is you know, is is crucial, Mm. but never more so when you are, you know, (laughs) hanging off the end of a rope.
1: Very much so and I think the, I mean, the climbers do checks on the rig every day and um, all the elements to make it as easeful as possible um, so that our team can just completely focus on their job at hand and it's a way I see it a bit like a Feke or an octopus and the many arms are the, the crews the climber uh, climbers the design team the performers all working towards the the, kind of the head of the octopus and creating this beautiful mm. tonga for us um, it's that weaving together a bit like a whareki a sleeping mat mm. all the weaving together to try and get that mesh really well locked in, so uh, we kind of provide this um, platform, uh, and Fariki and can be used for eating, and mm. kai so our audience can come in and, and share on this um, feast that we'll, we'll provide for them. But they're also part of the feast as well. So their responses, their connections, their movement in the space uh, adds the energy uh, when they're the forest. Uh, we're going through the forest that mm. will become our forest, and immersive yeah. in that space, and all the elements and the thermal go- uh, geyser forces and Rotorua as well up at Tapuya and for um, we go and we've taken film shots of really special locations apparent to the story. And then my amazing design team from um, um, Artificial Imagination, Delaney and Rachel, they've been able to transpose those images in a 3D way from the drone footage we've had. And it looks amazing. It looks so incredible. So I feel like, oh, my gosh, I had this idea, which is a line on, on my artistic source paper and you've created into this. It's <laughs> a, I love that about designers and their way to take your idea and then bring their Cooking are their their skill talents and abilities into making it even more than I could have even imagined Mm. so it's really really exciting in that that collaborative process
0: yeah I was going to say when you first were dreaming about this and beginning to see it in your mind's eye when it is something as complex as um, Hatupatu the production that you put together there's so many different elements how do you how do you how do you go through that creative process to just even to begin to communicate what what you can already see.
1: See, uh, that's. I mean, it's quite funny I look at. Cause I use just one of those um, standard maths books with the grids to draw what what I felt the the looking would be like, mm-hmm. and um, to see from that page to what it is now is it's it's hilarious because I, I can't draw like <laughs> our CAD drawings can. So it's it's quite even now. It's all inspiring for me to see what the production team and technical team have created, taking that image and and, and putting it into its reality. But I think for me, uh, um, it was just really getting through a narrative thread of how we tell the story. What are the what are the key themes and ideas that we want to really um, highlight? And it is a survival story. Mm. It's, it's a love story as well, and um, an element of a young man um, uh, coming back um, um, to his family and, and regaining his position within his family um, after challenges between a, a challenging brotherly relationship. Um, so we wanted those themes to be strongly. Um, in place in there, and have that real emotional thread for our role of hatupatu and our key other lead role of Kudunaituku, mm. so that the audience can really ping into 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 um, their journeys, their arcs, and feel an emotional bond. And I think that's um, crucial for us. And um, Edzira Miha and kasina Campbell are doing a beautiful role in um, mm. inhabiting the mana of these Tupuna and Tupua, uh, and also, um, especially in Kudunaituku's case, bringing more to her than um, is not fleshed out in the storybooks that you read mm-hmm. of hatsupatsu and to the big Woman.
0: Mm. Yes, very fleshed out characters, actually. And um, it's, I mean, it's very much a, a physical show yes. uh, yeah. rather than a, a dialogue-heavy show. But mm. all the dialogue is in Te Reo Māori. Yes, yeah. Nonetheless, um, you don't need to know or understand every word or even any of the words that is being said to get the story. And it is completely fleshed out, which I it felt very balanced mm. from watching it in that respect that it was it was literally balancing in front of me yeah but also the, the characters and the performances all felt like it was in an equilibrium.
1: I think that's been um, the, the art of, of weaving this whole show together. How do we how do we make sure that we have uh, uh, we wanted to honour te reo Māori and the, the time and period so that's why we kept the show fully in te reo Māori but our role is to make sure that whether uh, you have te reo Māori or not in your knowledge kete, um, you can still follow the narrative drive and mm. if, if we achieve that then I've done my job correctly and my, my assistant directors Regan Taylor and Shanti Po have helped uh, mm. uh, uh, us do our job correctly um, and and, um... And, and I think we have achieved that element where you can totally follow the thread in the narrative because we've got great actors and great performers who can who know those points and those beats and are able to really play them and um, grow those characters um, internally so that externally it really manifests out to the audience. Mm. So it's a special journey seeing that all come together and seeing the buy-in from the team. Mm. That has been just amazing how they've just... Um, once you've got people who have bought into the kaupapa and then they elevate with their own talents and skills, it's quite... It's quite mind blowing and and humbling for me to have people really commit behind the dream, the vision, and do this incredible stuff. Right from the stage crew and stage management team, it's everyone's pathway has to be so slick to make it a beautiful, uh, calm, easeful and um, intense experience for our audience. So, Mm. we're we're carrying you through this journey in
0: this this bubble. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. Um, You mentioned that a very, a relatively small number of Maori shows. Mm. have been stood up, have grown up. Why is it so hard to get funding?
1: I think the, it probably came uh, in one essence in the inequality of how many Māori companies were funded um, uh, through the Creative New Zealand um, Channel for the Performing Arts. Um, we've grown, that capacity has grown massively now, so it's ba- we've had a bit of balancing in the last seven, eight years. Mm. And when I was head of takirua over the last eight and quarter years, um, we were part of um, a group of companies that got extra funding. And with that, we couldn't even consider doing a show of the scale without that. Um, and then the second one was for us with the Ministry of Culture and Heritage. Heritage as part of the COVID recovery programme, uh, the Innovation Fund or Te Uringi Fund, we got some amazing funding from that which made this a, a possibility. So alongside that and FNZ, uh, which is a, a friend of mine, Adrian Durham, who's an amazing company that he's grown astronomically over in, in, in well UK and, and Europe around the world now, um, he's been um, helped. Um, invest through their name rights sponsorship for it. And without that email that came from Adrian um, that he was in, we, we were probably looking to not be able to have the funds to be able to do that and have to return the funding back to to Tonga uh, because of the costs were escalating after this post-COVID cost. So um, people just come at the right time and, and Adrian's story is pretty impressive because he helped come on board for Maui my first show. Mm. And when we first had um, a meeting with him and he loved the idea, didn't, but said no, nah, it's not for me. Two days later the of speech from Don Brash happened and if it wasn't for Don Brash and the audio of speech Māori would never have been created because the e- next day an email comes through I'm in for this funding and we, we, this, this needs to happen for Aotearoa and that gave the ball rolling for us to get Maui happening so Adrian Durham is a very amazing man so.
0: mm. uh, You know the arts often um, does happen on the smell of an oily rag mm. especially Māori arts what is the urgency as you see it, for the arts to actually be more sustainable so that people are able to um, dedicate their lives to this area of work, which, I mean, I think it's crucial. Obviously, you think it's crucial. Here we are both talking, you know, to the same audience on that. But, Mm. you know, but but culture and heritage and performance and the stories that we tell ourselves Mm. are crucial to us as humans
1: they are and and I'll add another whole layer to that Mm. it's the whole order or healing I see artists as healers as well so we have that role to be able to unlock in our communities uh, feelings and um, experiences that will allow us to really feel what it's like to be a human, and uh, that power of the arts is able to transcend and transport people to a place um, and then hopefully unlock their wish and desire to be active themselves in that experience, whether it's having guitar lessons or mm-hmm. watching a cinema film or reading a book, all that is part of the arts journey that um, uh, defines us as, 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 as humans, but for me it's part of that healing and weaving of a community that the arts does, um, which is really powerful and um for me, probably undervalued than because the impact it makes on a community. And I think the amount of money it saves for the health system and mental health um, when people have got something to hold on to and, and keeps them sane and, and able mm-hmm. to navigate the world, um, crazy well, as crazy as the world can be. It, it, it helps
0: to it, explain the world totally, totally. to us totally and make sense of it. And um, I guess that is, why, that is why it matters. Yeah. Yeah, That's quite
1: I think so and I, and I really hope that um, that value um, is experienced and, and felt by um, all New Zealanders and, and international of course but all New Zealanders as well that that this is an
0: element of your life, um, just enriches your life mm. um, magnificently Kia ora. thank you very much for the kōrero uh, and all the very best of luck with the show, that is Tāne Mahuta Gray, uh, Hatupātū is the show and it is going to be opening on the 20th of February uh, at the Tafiti Warehouse in Wellington that's kind of just round by Toifakari for those of you who know where that is as well